0: Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your host, Lisa Drennan, author of Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life. Be sure to download your free ebook at lisadrennan.com. Welcome
1: to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. Today, we have a special guest, Alicia Lyon. She is a neurotransformational life coach, and she guides her clients through long-lasting neurological shifts to help ease their guilt and increase their emotional freedom. She is uh, author of the blog, The Mom Support Coach, which focuses on relationships, mom guilt, we all know about that communication and lessons she has learned throughout her daily life. So thank you so much for joining us. I think I said your name wrong. I totally apologize. It's Alicia. <laughs> I want to pronounce every single vowel. I told you I was going to mess up a word somehow. That's it's what right. I do. It's like my <laughs> MO. <laughs> I tell people I'm like Moses, except for the stuttering. I'm like, where's Aaron? <laughs> I need <didn't laughs> <leave> my speaker.
2: <laughs> hey, I put your people's names on my podcast all the time. So yeah, they're, they're aware. <laughs>
1: So we're we're very graceful, right? You know, as long as we're you know we're connecting that with manners. Yeah. So I love what you're doing. I, we talked a little bit beforehand and shared um, some of the modalities that you use. But tell us, when how did you get into coaching into this specific area as well?
2: Yeah, so it's it's kind of part of my story. Um, I actually was. Um, I was in direct sales. I've been in direct sales for about 10 years and about, uh, I would say a year and a half into my direct sales business. I promoted myself to a a sales leader um, and I earned a free car with the company and um, yeah, I was really proud of it. And I was proud of, I was a new mom. Like I I gave birth to my son. And then 19 days later, I gave birth to this unit. And a month after that, I earned a car and, um, my, my son's dad, who I was married to at the time, he uh, was deployed for the last four months or the last two months of my pregnancy and the first two months of my son's life. And, um, so, uh, we were together, um, for, I would say we were, I felt happy (laughs) that first like six months of my son's life. And I was, I was adjusting to all of these new things. And um, I went to a doctor appointment and the doctor for my son and the doctor asked, you know, do you feel supported? Do you feel like you're getting enough support as a mom? And I checked yes, even though it was like an emphatic no in my body and I went home and, um, and I, I'm pretty sure I picked a fight <laughs> with my husband and, um, he said, you know what, I'm done. I want a divorce. And the idea of being a single mom was, was so bad that I just verbalized, I, I, I would rather die and I want to kill myself. And, um, so we stayed together probably about eight more months, even though that was the moment that the relationship was really over. Um, it didn't end for another eight months, but um, we, so when we split the next six months, over during that time, I lost everything that I was proud of. I lost my husband, I lost my car, I lost my, my unit. Um, and I was proud of being a mom but until that moment, like during that time, I started feeling like a really bad mom, um, and so like I was at ground zero. Well, um, to answer your question, or get to the point of answering your question, I I was looking. A couple years went by, and I was looking to get back into that leadership position because I was like, well, I want to get back to the place where I was proud of myself again. Right, so. Yeah. I looked for, um, or I found on accident, a life coach that catered to the company that I was in, and he um, created a program called Success and Fulfillment inside the business. And I was like, "Ooh, success! Yes, I want success. Uh, fulfillment, whatever. But like, I, I want the success. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. please help me get the success. I will try anything. And so I, I started that program. I signed up for one-on-one coaching to help me with the individual issues. And then probably three or four months in uh, my coach said, or I expressed some interest in like doing this. And um, she said, well, you should take our course. And, um, and so I did. And she said, it'll really help you in your business. And really what it did is it helped me out of my business
1: <laughs> into a new one. I love life. that. And you yeah. got out of the nine to five into your own entrepreneurship, and now you call the shots. So that's wonderful. Especially being a mom, you know, you can stay home with your kids. You don't have to worry about the daycare issues and all that. Great stuff that comes to comes with going to nine to five. So you started, how did you get specifically into the, the neurological part of it? Was that the program that you were in and that's what you adopted?
2: Yeah, that's the program that I was in. Um, <clears throat> Coach Sean Smith created this neurotransformational um, program, life coaching program, um, elite coaching certification program that he has. Um, and I, I fell in love with it so much. I've been Um, Next week, he's doing another course. I'm coming again, this will be my sixth time going not because I'm a slow learner, but because I just, I, I love these conversations so much Mm. that the more that I can be inside the conversations, the, the better coach that I become, it just gives me, you know, a different perspective from, from different place from different people.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. Coaches need coaches, mentors need mentors, you can't, we're not meant Mm -hmm. to do any of it alone. And when you have a modality that works, you know, I'm in a a few different things, I have a a signature program for my healing. But you know, the title of the podcast for giving the girl inside is all about healing your heart, your inner child, from past hurts that you know, we may have had and we go, you know, some of them go way back from childhood, um, you know, for me, I was sexually molested from at least the age of three, maybe younger. I don't know. Um, and, you know, and then the choices I made, the dysfunctional family that I came in, there was no healthy boundaries. There was a lot of control and stuff. And you don't realize that that's, you know, you're forming your emotional mind. I didn't even know what a feeling was until I was 40. So to have a modality, like if I had the tools I have now that I have learned and like since I was 40 over the last decade that I had back then, I don't think they were available to us like back in the 70s and the 80s. It was all like talk therapy, like, oh, well, how do you feel about that? And to be able to go back and explore like those events. So you were saying that like you do do a writing exercise where you kind of look at, say, from three to seven, and then you write out like all of your memories from that age, is that the modality that you use? Um, So we actually do,
2: it's, it's related. I think it's related to talk therapy, but it's, um, it's basically actually, I was watching a movie about, um, about Nietzsche and inside that movie he was, um, being, uh, counseled by Freud. And he's, I remember in the movie, he says, um, either like, where does that show up in your body? Or I think it was, where does that show up in your body? And I was like, well, that's what we do, you know. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um. So basically, you know, you you talk about a um a, a feeling that you're having, an experience that that's disrupting you, and you identify it in the body. So there's mm-hmm. a, what you said you didn't feel a feeling until you were 40. So there's a lot of emotion that's trapped in our bodies because we're afraid of them, or we're we're taught to shut them down. Another part of my story is my, my brothers said that I was too emotional when I was four years old, that, you know, it was, I, there was a nickname that it's, you know, Alicia who cries all the time. And so I really tried to shut down my emotions and I, I succeeded in everything except for the crying part. Like I could never stop myself from crying And, um, and that became a trigger for me when people would tell me, you know, you're too emotional. And I'm like, do you, you have no idea how hard I'm trying to not be emotional right now. Like, (laughs) don't even know. Um, so these emotions live in our body because we're swallowing them and, Mm -hmm. you know, emotion, it's not expressed, where does it go? If it doesn't come out of your body, the only place that it can go is in your body. And so we identify it, like, what does it look like? What is its shape? What is the texture? What is, what's the temperature and really isolate the emotion. And then, you know, close your eyes, rise up into the clouds, the time and see the timeline of your life. Like where does, mm-hmm. um, does the timeline go to the left or the right? Mm -hmm. Or does it go from the front to the back? Like what direction is it now? I want you to travel back to the first time that you remember that, you know, I had one uh, client had a, a flubber shaped emotion. And so we said, when was the first time flubber showed up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Um, I like to name them. It's kind of fun, but uh, when does, when's the first time flubber showed up and she, you know, went back to that moment and we don't go into the moment because there can be a lot of fear of re-experiencing it. There's a lot of trauma in some of our moments. Um, but just have a clear picture of Mm -hmm. where that, that flower showed up and then go one hour or more before it to a time Mm -hmm. where you felt safe or you felt happy or you felt something And then really dive into that moment and let that moment fill up your cells. And then you travel back through the timeline of your life as if that, because that moment was after the previous moment that we just had fill up your cells, it's like that moment never happened. Mm -hmm. And so it, it rewires our brain and you start feeling things differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Get a new perspective. Oh,
1: you're, yeah. That's it's similar. Like I was saying earlier, it's similar to the aroma freedom practice. So I'm a certified aroma freedom practitioner and we go back, we visit memories. Where do you feel yeah. it in your body? You know, what are the thoughts that go with it? What's the one word feeling? And then we use the oils to help trigger, help, um, the process, so it's an incredible modality and so powerful. And yeah. even like you know, I tell everybody, you know, the power of pen and paper and your words yeah. spoken out loud are incredible for healing. And you know, when you could grieve what you hid for so long and process mm-hmm. it, you can really truly find forgiveness. And we're quick to forgive others mm-hmm. when we get on that journey, but when it comes to ourselves, there's that constant. Beating yourselves up with not forgiving yourselves. So, mm-hmm. what, um, so that's a beautiful modality. I love that. So, yeah. what, um, if you were to give somebody advice that was going through something similar, what would be the one word, one piece of advice that you'd give them?
2: I, I think you just touched on it that it's the compassion, like give yourself the same kind of compassion that you would give to a friend. And, and the way that we talk to ourselves, we would never talk to another human being that way. Yeah. And so remember that when when you're talking to yourself. Like I remember when I first became all aware of this kind of thing, that I I remember being at my dad's house and I heard him call himself stupid, and it just hurt so bad to hear my dad, who I think is a brilliant man, call himself stupid. And really, it was the thing that he did was stupid that in his opinion, and, and that's what he was saying, but he said, Mm -hmm. I'm so stupid. And those are affirmations. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
2: the, anything that you put that you say, I am in front of like, that's who you are. And so, um, and then I remember getting home and hearing myself say, I'm, I, I'm stupid. And I was like, Oh, I just, I spent one day at my dad's house and now I'm calling myself stupid. This is crazy. Like, it's just so infectious. And really, and then I heard my son say it and I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, it's, it's so subconscious. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. something I grew up with. It was never in my awareness, but it got into my awareness at some point. I heard him say it. Then I heard myself say it. And then I heard my son say it. And so it was I call those the silent cycles.
0: Mm.
2: Like when we're growing up, we there's certain cycles that we know are bad and that we want to change. When it comes from what our parents did to what we do as parents, right? There's the cycles mm-hmm. like mom was an alcoholic, I will not be an alcoholic cuz I didn't like how that felt. So we change that. But your dad's calling himself stupid and then you calling yourself stupid and then your child calling himself stupid. That's a silent cycle that I wasn't aware of.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so true. Our thoughts are so powerful and you know uh, what you, what we believe we receive. And when I hear negative talk, it just, oh, let's stop. Let's stop. And uh, I, even like our environment, I remember I had a coworker that sat next to me. And you know, back in the day, when we were sitting in the office, you had the partitions. And every morning I'd sit down and he drove me absolutely crazy. We're good friends, but he would make noises. He'd drink his coffee and eat his little whatever he was eating, donut or whatever. And, and he'd make noises and would be like, what is wrong with him? Like, why is he doing it? It's so annoying. So, um, I had, um, uh, gone to church before that and the pastor had given a sermon about if you had like these porcupine people in your life, you know, the people that just make you cringe and you just get so upset with them. He goes, you just got to ask them, you know, ask the Lord to show them, show you them the way he sees them and it'll change your perspective. I was like, oh, okay, well I'll try it. And it works. It's like just mm-hmm. changing your thought process. And it never bothered me. He continued to do it until the day he retired, but it never bothered me again because I changed my perspective. I changed the way I thought about it. And I thought, wow, words are so powerful. And and, and the stupid thing that triggered a memory for me, because my dad used to call me stupid all the time. Oh, you're so stupid. And I'd look at him like, I'm not stupid. You're stupid. (laughs) i was (laughs) a rebellious child. i was a very rebellious child. And um, my parents are divorced. So my stepmom would say, Oh, well, he doesn't really mean that he's does it, that's just his way of joking. I go, it's not a joke. It's very offensive. And no. you don't call people stupid. You have to be kind to people, you know? And he was like, well, I'm not being mean. I'm like, well, you think it's nice to call somebody stupid? It's not. No. <laughs> we no. do. We have to be so careful and, you know, and just watch our thoughts and, and be careful, guard our thoughts and guard our the words that we share. Well, it was so interesting hearing about what you do. I love that, um, that modality. I, I know the power words are so powerful. So tell us, you have a coaching program. You want to tell us a little bit about that? So I do
2: one-on-one coaching um, because I just think that the best healing comes from the one-on-one. Like we can be in a group and we can hear the generalized information. But then it turns into like, but what about me? Like, how does this affect me? Right. And that's how I operate. That's how I've always hired a coach, is as a one-on-one. It's just to me, there's a different connection, there's a different rapport. Um yeah, so it's I, I work predominantly with moms. Um and Even though I'm an entrepreneurial mom, I, I focus more on moms that are single moms that, that work or that, um, that are stay at home moms or, you know, Mm -hmm. most single moms aren't stay at home moms, but like, it's not. It's because I feel like there's a lot of coaches out there that really focus on entrepreneurial moms because mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneurial mom, so I know how the struggle of being an entrepreneurial mom. So I can help you. And then I feel like the non-business owners or the stay-at-home moms they have similar struggles.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I don't see very many people looking at for at them specifically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what you're, you're helping. So that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. our stay at home moms are very powerful and very strong. And they need support, just like everyone else. I think sometimes they get lost because, you know, they might not be as active in the community or online, because, you know, their vocation is with their family at home. And a lot of times it doesn't didn't get recognized. I think now more so it is being recognized, because mm-hmm. they do so much, so much. So and your identity, you
2: your identity really becomes wrapped up in your kids if you're not careful. And I really felt lucky because I started my business like six months before I got pregnant. So I, and then inside my pregnancy, I was working towards this goal the whole Mm -hmm. time. And had I not been working towards a goal, I think that my whole world would have just been wrapped up in, I'm going to be a mom, like, this is exciting, and let's, how how do we do all this? And so there was, because I had this goal, there was more of me filling me instead of Mm -hmm. my child is now who I am. And, you know, I haven't experienced that because... I experienced what I experienced, but that's what I think is happening is there's, you know, I'm a stay at home mom or I'm, I, I work and I'm carrying this baby and I'm not really passionate about my job. I just do it for the money or whatever. And so there's not, yeah. <laughs> so your mind wonders wanders. that I have experienced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your journey and how you started and how you evolved into where you are today, and I love that you got to leave your nine to five and follow your dreams instead of chasing them. Um, so that's amazing that you're living your dream life. So, for our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. You can connect with Misha, her um, links to connect with her will be in the description box, and you can uh, reach out to her directly. And if you know anyone that can benefit from This interview, please share it with them so that they can um, connect with a coach, connect with a mentor and start their healing journey. And remember, it's all a matter of the heart.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan. And as a thank you for being here, please check the description for a download to your free ebook, Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life, a customized blueprint to begin or continue your own personal healing journey. If you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, please share it across social media tag them in it and post it in your stories let's get the word out let's let everyone know we are not alone and we're all on a daily healing journey